0: Business Class, a podcast sponsored by the iBear MBA program of the USC Marshall School of Business. Expert insight into the world of business. In this episode of the iBear Business Class podcast, we commemorate the 40th anniversary of the USC Marshall iBear MBA program with a conversation with three of the program's directors. The moderator is Jim Ellis, Dean of the Marshall School of Business. On the panel are Dick Drobnik, director of the program from the fifth to 17th year and returning from the 37th year to the present. Roy Herberger, the founding director of the IBEAR program and president emeritus of the Thunderbird School of Global Management and Jack G. Lewis director of the IBEAR program for years 18 to 33. Dean Ellis got the conversation started.
1: Let me ask the three of you just to talk a little bit about the thought process that went on when we founded IBEAR some 40 years ago and why did it happen? What kind of support was there from the university? Uh, What kind of pushback was there? You know, what are some of the early stories from a bureaucratic standpoint, from an entrepreneurial thought process standpoint, that we incurred to put together a program that, for all practical purposes, was the first globalization program in American universities. And the result is 240 alums that show up for an event in the middle of July. So that's just pretty special. So can you guys share that? Roy, you want to start? Because you were in the middle of it.
0: Roy Herberger looked back to the beginning of the IBEAR program.
2: I'll tell you the, the good news was that USC was, in my opinion, the most international university at the time. But the atmosphere of the university was conducive to entertain an experiment. But the objective was to be the best as an international, globalized program as we could be.
0: This is Dick Drobnik. When-
3: Roy approached me in uh, maybe March or April of 82, and he said, Dick, I want to talk to you about something. And I said, well, let's go have lunch at the faculty club. He said, no, no, let's, let's go off campus. <laughs> I thought, what? And we went up to the, the mall then and, and ate in a little Chinese restaurant. And He said, Dick, uh, this is a secret, but uh, I'm going to leave here in a few months and become the, de- the dean at SMU, and I think you ought to become the, uh, the director of this program. And uh, we talked about a little bit. And, and, and the focus was Asia. The, the focus was recruiting from Asia. Uh, and, and the idea was that these Asian economies are going to increasingly become important over time. And, and you know, that's sort of laughable now. But back in 1976, 77, the only economy that mattered in Asia was Japan, of course. And China had locked itself off from the world. And, and Korea was growing, but, but having, uh, well, growing, and, and under Park Chung-hee's leadership, it brought the country out. Um, but here was this brilliant idea that the focus of growth is going to be Asia, so we should learn about it. And how do we learn about it is to bring the sons and daughters of, of family-owned companies and bring the fast-track people from the corporations here to study with us and we never advertised it, that part of this is to get our faculty to learn about real business activities in Asia and if they're teaching in IBAR they're going to teach in the regular MBA program, they're going to teach in the undergrad program and the other things too, so I think that, that was a thing that was really uh, quite important
4: for us.
0: Jack Lewis.
4: The students got together with faculty and wrote cases about uh, their companies so we were going to do case building. that was in the original plan, eventually we were going to do executive development and we did 20,000 uh, American executives over a 20 to 25-year period in the APBO and the Pacific Rim man- Management programs, we were going to help uh, globalize the, um, the school as a whole. And, and I think you had some of those I, that, right. that in, your, in mind at the very beginning planning. That's amazing.
2: Roy Herberger. Well, let, me, let me just amplify on that. <clears throat> if you were sitting in uh, another major American university, you take the top 25, 30 universities, the only school that actually looked a little bit like Ibear was the uh, University of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> the interesting part about the socialization, the acculturation, was that the, the business schools around the United States had a phobia about having international students in their classrooms. It was thought that international students created language issues, English language issues, so there actually were limitations put on individual classes at many universities on the number of foreign students that you could have. Our concept was just the reverse, and that was we would not only entertain that, we also knew that we had to teach ourselves with the relationships that we built and I think if I would look back at anything that was more unique and successful, it was that, that we did, not, we did not treat our students from overseas as foreign. They were part of our culture, and they taught us along the lines. The first budget that we put together for uh, IBEAR was sent to then uh, the, uh, the provost was uh, Zorab Kaprillian, an international in his own right. But I got a call from Zorab, and he said, I want to take a walk with you. So we go, we go across to, uh, to the flower garden, the rose garden. And he said, I, he had this sort of whistle to his voice. And he said, Roy, I looked at the budget. You've got a massive thing called one bear. <laughs> what kind of an animal, what are you doing? And at the time, Jack Steele was the dean, and he said, you know, Steele, you can't follow things like this. This is not, this is not right. And I said, oh, it's, it's just a new program. You shouldn't worry about it. It's relatively minor. But uh, it, it'll, it'll pay off for the university and for us. He says, but you need to rename it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> dean Ellis took the group to the next topic.
1: How does ibear stay relevant today? What do we need to do to keep it a relevant? program and to stay way out in front of everybody else that's behind us. We've been successful for 40 years, we want to be successful for 50, we want to be successful for 60. What are some of the things that you guys would suggest we look at that would bring us to that point where everybody is continuing to look at us and go, that is unique, relevant and the best one out there? Dick Drobnik.
3: Well, let me take a crack at that, Jim. I I think the most important thing is to recruit a top class, recruit 55 really smart, energetic people um, that come from a dozen or 15 countries and that have what the incoming I-40 class has, on average is 35 years old, on average has 11 years of work experience, and to make sure that we don't have too many Americans or too many latin americans or too many japanese or too many koreans so we have we want this mixture so that they can be learning from each other and building incredible networks because each person that comes here they have their own undergraduate network they have their own work network and so the this year's class is 56 the incoming class they they have network structures that are just amazing jack lewis
4: well i've always said that you, the core of the whole thing is you've got to have great teaching faculty, great uh, passionate about international students. Dick's mentioned that. That takes sponsorship money. Roy, what do you think?
2: No, I, I'd say I, I agree with everything uh, that's been said. Uh, what, what hasn't been said is the consistency of the administration, one at the business school that Jim has, has brought, and the university, so that IBEAR is never thought of as an island is you have to have that, the bureaucracy still exists. Then the derivative of that, from my perspective, is executive education. Because if you're good enough at executive education at at the world-class level, you're good at doing anything, whether you're teaching a basic marketing course, whether you're involved in, in anything in the tradition of the MBA program. If you're good at executive education, that is a tough job for any faculty member, but it's a learning experience second to none.
4: Jack Lewis. You know why do people keep come here? In the end, uh, they they want to Im- improve their education, of course, the content, but they they want to improve their uh, their job situation. And so you, we're so lucky now that we have our own uh, career development executive, and that makes people so much more comfortable and able to focus on their their classroom work.
0: Dean Ellis invited the group to look to the future.
1: To go back just to take everything you guys have said and to think about the next 20 years and the opportunities and how we maintain this program. What do you see as the challenges? I mean you talked a little bit about just the way the the American philosophy is being challenged but what are the challenges to building a strong class of 55? What are the challenges from a faculty standpoint, as Jack talks about? You know, how do you see these challenges? And where can our alumni help us as we see the challenges and overcome those? Because the fact that we have 240 people that are here is a testament to what's happened in the first 40 years. They want to see their degree is worth that much more. So they're willing to help, I know. What are some of the challenges that we all, everybody in this room, can come together on to build the program and make it better?
0: Dick Drobnik.
3: Let me start with the the student side, the recruiting side. In reality, I think there's only maybe 300 people in the world per year who are candidates for the iBear program. Where do I get this number? Uh, MIT Sloan? One year program has about 120 people per year. And their average age is 38 and 120 in the program. In the program. Got it. Uh, and, and their average age is 38, and they're about like us. 20 to 25 percent Americans, 75 to 80 percent international. The second program that's a competitor is Stanford. It used to be Stanford Sloan, Stanford MX now. It's not an MBA anymore. And they attract about 80 people a year. So now you get 200 people a year who, at 37, 38, 35, have the financial wherewithal and the family structure that they can take a full year off of work to do a full time MBA program. There's thousands of people who can do EMBAs, you know, weekends and, and, and things like that. And then we have 50 in iBear. But there's just not a large population that has the, the, the work experience and the financial and the, the family structure that they can take a time out, take a year off like this. So it, it's, it's a small group, but that's okay. And, and we're getting the 50 of them uh, that are really top.
0: The H-1B visa issue came up. This is Roy Herberger.
2: But I, but I will tell you that uh, the H-1 visa issue is a national security issue. It's, a, it's an issue that has a lot of legs to it. And this, too, shall pass. Uh, it, it's too it's too important from a scientific point of view, from a quality point of view. It may be delayed, and things will change, and you'll have a lot of controversy. But I see this as this is this will change. This will come back into a zone that uh, makes more sense because it's good in the national interest.
0: Dick Drobnik.
3: But as Roy said, this is a national issue. It's not a program issue. It's not a business school issue. It's not even a USC issue. Because what's so silly about this is that thousands and thousands of international PhD students in the sciences and math get a full ride, a full scholarship, to come here to UCLA or to Caltech because they're working on federal taxpayer dollars Professor Jones has a grant from the energy department and that grant is paying the tuition for his graduate assistance and it's paying a living stipend and then after they graduate we say no you have to go home. The taxpayers have just invested you know, a whole lot of money in this and, and, and so we're financing it and then we're, we're telling the talent to go away. It's absolutely absurd. Dean Ellis commented.
1: And I absolutely agree with Roy that this is one of those things that will pass the corporate world will come to the government of this country and say, why are you allowing brilliant people to come to the United States to study and then asking them to go back and compete against us? Why don't you allow them, if they want to stay, to stay? And basically, corporations like Google and Facebook have already gone to the government and said that we need these students, we need to bring these people in and let them stay um, and I, I think it's a it's it's a matter of a lot of conversation to the governments and to the government's people to say that this is really important for the, the the key thing that the united states has as its differentiator is knowledge and so for the united states to turn these these students back around and send them to back back to their home countries is Basically depleting that knowledge base that they have already built. So I think over a period of time We'll see that change and then we'll go through a cycle and it'll go through a political conversation and everybody will say Okay, great idea. No bad idea and it'll all of a sudden change again I think that we'll see a cycle like that. It's a matter of when it changes and right now It's in the the negative side of the cycle. I think that we will go back and change So we're at five o'clock I was told stop at 5 o'clock. I'm sorry I screwed up, it's 5.01.
0: And the next 40 years of the IBEAR program begins.
1: Thanks everybody for your attention. We appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Business class. Expert insight into the world of business. The host is Dick Drobnik producer Pankaj Bhushan, director Dan Griffin, web developer Rick Pine, and I am Robin Garthwaite.